Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I am Sean, joined as always by my brother, Ian. Ian, both got fresh haircuts and we have a fresh new guest. Why don't you welcome him to the show? What's up, everybody? Happy to be back as always. We are here with owner and head strength coach of Pure Strength Academy, Josh Fontana. Josh, what's up, my man? Good to have you. How are you? How's it going, boys? Glad to, uh, glad to be here with you guys. Excited for uh, what we got coming. Absolutely. So, Josh, you've experienced our show before. Um, first time, obviously, first time guest on here and wanted to know, have you ever done anything like this before? Um, I did an interview a couple of years back. Um, it wasn't really, you know, put together that well, but uh, first time I've ever been on a podcast and I've ever done anything like this. Yes. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah. this is going to be a little bit different. We went through a few of the stuff beforehand, but let's dive right into it. We're, Ian and I are big on stories. Like we want to, there's a narrative to every single, everyone's path, everyone's journey and, and who they are personally at a given time. It's the choices and decisions you make through life that get you there. But I want to start with your business and we're going to get to how you got there a little bit later on. So let's start there. Talk, tell us about pure strength and tell the people what they should know about it. Um, Pure Strength Academy, uh, been around for uh, nine, ten years now. Um, we work with uh, elite level athletes, um, particularly hockey players um, and a few football guys. We've dealt with baseball, soccer, uh, and the like, but 99% of my clientele is uh, hockey players. And um, we are very, very sports um, specific and performance specific. So um, I have a team of um, nutritionist, sprint coach, therapist, myself as a strength coach. And, um, we work with, uh, boys and girls five days a week and, um, in their off season and get them where they need to be by the time the season comes. Has this always been your demographic was hockey or did that kind of develop over time? It, it's always been my demographic. Um, when I got into this, uh, a few years ago, I was actually working in a different industry completely. I was playing hockey. I went to school and um, I got into project management. So I was doing project management and estimating for a company. And avid gym goer, um, always read up on 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 performance and athletics, and worked out my whole life. And um, I started getting a little following coming with me. So a buddy um, had mentioned to me, uh, one of these kids, uh, he needs training. So I said, yeah, you know what? I'll bring him to the gym with me and uh, we'll see what happens. You can tag along, work out, and uh, we'll take it from there. So that, that relationship turned into two or three more guys tagging along with him, turned into 10 guys that wanted training. Um, and I just I took a dive and, and I said, you know what? This is something that is working for these guys. I love it. I'm super passionate about it. I'd rather be doing nothing else with my time. And, um, I took the plunge and I haven't looked back since. And it's been, um, it's been a crazy, wild, fun, and, um, super, super, uh, exciting journey since. That's actually really phenomenal. Uh, I love that origin story. And now, obviously you mentioned it's mostly, you know, hockey athletes. Um, yeah. so when people come to you, are you normally, is it normally, you know, maybe teenagers or are you talking guys, you know, maybe that are, you know, well into their twenties. So it started off as teenagers, kids that were actually 12, 13 years old. Like GTHL um, kids. Yeah. GTHL kids. Um, so my original group of kids have been with me since the beginning. 
So it, I, it's gone from me going to pick them up from their house and taking them to the track or to, um, you know, to training or whatever it may be to now them being in their last year of the OHL or, you know, ready to sign NHL contracts at, at 20, 21 years old. And I've, I've got to kind of grow with them and see that transition and work with them all the while. So now I get approached by a lot of, um, a lot more older guys. Um, I'm only 31 myself. Um, I, I get along better with the guys that are 17, 18, 19, 20. They put their trust into me. Uh, we have a great, great summer. I do have a few older guys, but it's, it's mostly, um, athletes between 17 and 21 years old. Well, I feel like at that age, at that age too, they don't feel like they know better than you. And they're at the point too, where at, you know, seven, you know, 16, 17, where they're pushing towards, Hey, like I, you know, I want to go uh, play in school or I want to go pro or whatever. Right. And yeah. they are so invested. They're so invested in their future. And I can understand why that would be a little easier. Yeah. And I want, I want to build off yeah. that one too here, Josh, before we, you jump in, because do you find it easier when they're younger that they haven't been influenced by a bunch of other coaches and, and things like that throughout their career or, or it, then you can kind of be that hands to mold the clay or you mentioned well, young guy too, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a give and take there. I've worked with pros that they're coming to me to get better. So now, no matter what I tell them to do, if they believe that it's going to make them better, they'll do it. Um, that goes for nutrition. That goes for therapy. Um, a lot of younger guys, yeah, they're easier to mold, but they also have parents that are right. heavily influencing what they do as well. Very true. So, you know, when you have that ear in the background, and a lot of my parents are fantastic, um, but I, I've run into a couple of, of parent groups that I've had to sit them down and say, hey, you're, you're, you're getting in your kid's way here. Your kid's a very good hockey player. He probably will be successful, but um, he's not having fun and you're ruining his experience. So you got to step aside a bit. Well, and honestly, it's the worst thing about, it's the worst thing about youth hockey in this country by far is typically the parents. Um, I, when I coached, I had great parents. I, you know, I was pretty lucky with that, but I've heard some horror stories where it really hasn't gone well. Um, Did now I don't necessarily, I, I I'm curious about the coaches. So since you're doing something separate from, the teams that these kids are playing with. Do you get a lot of pushback from coaches where your training is maybe different from what they're teaching? And if so, how difficult is that? Um, I did at the beginning now, not so much because um, I'm, I've become very established. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm the best or whatever, but I've just, I've become established and I've developed right. a lot of trust from the athletes that I work with. Um, a lot of coaches tend to let their players, the good ones anyway, tend to let their players do what works. But there are coaches at the GTHL, so at the, I'll just call it the minor league level. Yeah. And um, at the, at the you know, major junior level, OHL or what, what have it, that have their own programs. And usually there's money involved in that. Mm-hmm. So, well, they're paying my- trainers, they're paying all this stuff. But it's not only that, it's, you know, if you want to make this team, you come to my program, it's going to cost you, you know, a few thousand dollars in the summer, right? You're going to skate with us. You're going to train with us. Realistically, it doesn't guarantee you anything, but a guy like me comes along, right? Who's, who's working on their development that might get in the way of their, 
of their plan and their profit at the end of the day, because that's another kid that they can't kind of get in the door to do. And that happens. It is. And it happens a lot. And I, I honestly, it, it makes me sick to my stomach that that's the direction that a lot of coaches and uh, trainers are taking because it's not right. It just isn't right. Like this is about development. It's about at the end of the day, it's about an experience. Not every kid is going to make it um, to the NHL, but every kid has the, the right to have a good experience. So um, and to be healthy, healthy and to be healthy and to be healthy and, and to be yeah. happy. Right. Give them, not have to, to give themselves the best chance of success too. Yeah. And you it's know not, what? Sometimes being separate from your GTHL coach or your minor hockey coach or your OHL coach. Different or perspective is good. Yeah, it's okay to be separate yeah. from that yeah. because you don't want the message to ever get stale anyway. So that, that's exactly. a good point there too because I wanted to – I actually don't know this. So this is a question that I have for you, Josh. Yep. You the team angle. I know a lot of strength coaches, it, they, they, can, they do a bit of a hybrid model within their business where it's not just – single athletes coming to them they also will do and have partnerships with teams or organizations where they go yes. and train the full team almost like dry land or whatever like you would have growing up is that something that pure strength academy does or have you steered yeah. clear of that um so i i did a lot of it before and then i took a two-year hiatus i didn't want to do any teams i had a couple of uh bad experiences and i'm the type of guy that I, i'm a little bit weird in the sense that you could put whatever amount of money it is in front of me, if I don't want to do it, if it doesn't excite me, I, I just, I won't. And I've always kind of been like that. Um, so I took a two year hiatus from team training because I wanted to reassess my angle with it. You have right. five kids that really want to be there. You have 10 that don't. And then you have another five that are on the fence that bothered me. Um, I, I wanted to give teams True. an experience where they, where they get in the door and we're all on board. We all have something to, uh, you know, to, to benefit from and, and we all want to be there. Um, so now what I've done is I've worked with five teams a year that I'm really passionate about. They could be anybody. They could be a junior team. They could be an A team. If it's a group of people that want to be there and um, that I'm going to benefit from and they're going to benefit from, that's who I'll take. And I don't take a lot of teams. It's, it's five, five to six teams who I've been working with now for the past two, three years. Um, I have a great relationship with the coaches, great relationship with the kids. And any new kids coming on board, they, the, the kids that have been there before set the tone. It's like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're about. Right. This is what right. our team does. So everybody's on board from the very first session mm -hmm. because it's, it's been instilled now in the team culture that this is what we do. And it, I, it's fantastic. So I got a question for Sean. Sean, of that group, would you have been A, the one committed, B, the one who did not want to be there, or C, the one who was on the fence? Okay, so he's, tri he's chirping me because of my overall health. As a kid, though, when, I was, when we were both put into a lot of those situations, I was relatively athletic and really skinny. So the the entire uh, strength and conditioning component of it was extremely intimidating to me. You put me on the ice, no problem. We start doing yeah. all that kind of shit. That's when, that's when you start to, that's, that was when I started to get intimidated. 
normally I'm there to have a good time. Okay. Chat with the See, boys and have fun. Like that's normally me. See, I, hear you. I would not be perfect for pure strength <laughs> academy. <laughs> See, so you just said something, you just said something. And I was going to ask this later, but since it came up, I, I want to ask it now. You mentioned Sean, that when you were put in those dry land type situations, you found the experience intimidating. So, and I sort of want to, you know, mention that to you, Josh, where, you know, obviously when you're a strength coach, that's different than maybe working at, you know, that's different than working at any gym, obviously. Yeah. Um, but what do you say to people that want to get themselves in shape and want to better themselves, but find the whole gym culture thing to be intimidating? Because when, just from my own personal experiences, I was super heavy, super heavy. And mm-hmm. my first time going to the gym, I remember I would got there and I was shaking. Because you're thinking, what if I'm the idiot, doesn't know what he's doing? What if everyone, you know, looks at me and says, well, look at how fat that guy is or all, any, any sort of thing. What would you say to people that are intimidated by the whole gym experience and, the, you know, the Instagram gym culture? And how yeah. would you help them get through that? Um, very simply, find somebody that you can build a chemistry with. If you're training with somebody who you're intimidated by, you're probably with the wrong person or you're probably in the wrong atmosphere. Um, And it's just simple as that. Um, This isn't about intimidation. These kids have enough on their plate. And not only kids, these athletes, whether whether you're, you know, you're you're a fifth, six-year pro or you're a 16-year-old trying to, you know, get drafted, you got, you got stress of school. You got um, stress of hockey. Personal um, life. Yeah, regular life. life. Coaches. Yep. I mean, I don't, you know, we don't have to go over all the stresses of life, but they have that too. I don't want my experience for them to be an extra stressor. I want them to be able, because I'm with them every day. These guys are with like, this is a five day a week. I see my, the athletes I work with more than I see anybody on a daily basis um in the summertime especially um and and even thereafter i'm making calls through the season asking how they are they're calling me telling me they got the first hat trick or you know they've moved they've been bumped up to uh, to a power player whatever i'll go watch them play i'll drive two three hours and go watch my guys play that's how close we are because we've developed that chemistry and that bond and that's why i don't work with 50 60 70 athletes Mm -hmm. i work with between 20 and 30 athletes a year because that's what it's I a relationship game. Yeah, that's what I can manage. And that's where, where I can really invest my full emotion and my full time to. Do you think um, that's what sets you apart from other strength coaches in Canada? Because I'm not saying you're the only human being in Canada that would do something like that. <laughs> but do you think that that's something that's unique about the Josh Fontana experience? Um, I, I, I don't know if it's actually I never thought I don't know if it's unique. Um, it's just the only way I, it's the only way you know how. It's the only way I know how to do it. Um, I, I've never been driven by big business, you know, and I've been told by a lot of parents too. They'll come to me and they'll say, you know, have you ever thought about getting yourself, you know, a bigger space and expanding and, and hiring trainers? And I've asked you that ha- question. <laughs> you have. You have asked me that question. And I usually politely just say, Sean no. the capitalist. <laughs> it's just like i thought you know he's he's growing he's got these big things going on i was like ah he's gonna have his own space all this stuff i asked him he's like no nah, man i'm good like we're good My, mind you it is it is lucrative because 
as the years go on, I've gotten more calls. There's been more interest, um, which is nice. And it's, it's, it's a rewarding feeling, but I just don't know how I can, I can do it and, and put the same amount of time, attention and love into, into what I do. Cause it goes beyond the gym. I mean, like I said, the, the relationship that I have with these guys, like guys that have been with me five plus years at Christmas time, they're at my house having dinner. We'll have a, we'll have a dinner together. Um, I'll drive out to see them play. They call me when, you know, they've had a bad game and they need somebody to vent to. So it goes way beyond strength and conditioning. Way beyond have you ever, that. have you ever had to kick athletes out of your gym? Yes. Do yeah. you have a story you want to share yeah, with Can you share what they did? Oh my God. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a kind of a tamer, a tamer story. So, um, I had an athlete come in who wasn't, wasn't getting along with the guys and I could tell day one define guys to find guys like the other people in the gym. Yeah. Like the other yeah. athletes got it are my, so the group that I have, um, we're like a wolf pack. So if you're there to work for a wolf pack, <laughs> we're there. To, we're, we're a wolf pack. If you're there to work hard and, and, and get better and push yourself in the group around you, you're going to get embraced by everybody, no right. matter your background, no matter, you know, where you're from and this and that, everybody's going to embrace you. Cause that's, that's our culture. That's what we're, what pure strength's about. So I had a kid come in. Um, dad was really super weird guy. Um, just used to like, just linger around the gym. And I I'd have a no parents policy, like get out of here, drop your kid off and go have a coffee or whatever you got to do. I don't want, I don't want people hanging around the gym. Like your kid doesn't need you watching them. So dad's always lurking around. Kid is not a hard worker. Just, you know, not putting the effort in guys are starting to question him after, after a week of training, dad calls me on week three after he hasn't he's only been there once or twice on week two and goes um my son's not going to be there this week um he's gonna he's got to go to wonderland i said okay what days you go gotta to go yeah what days you go on a wonderland that's cool um he goes he's he's got to go to wonderland um uh he's going every day his friends are going every day so i <laughs> I was like, all right. Money bags. Man. Wonderland's expensive. Damn. Dude, I, do what you got to do. So, kid goes to Wonderland, whatever. The day that, I guess, the, the, this was on a Friday, dad calls me. He drops his kid off to train. I see the dad on camera leaving the gym with two cases of water, just <laughs> stacking water in his truck. <laughs> so, he's stealing water from the gym. After sending his kid to Wonderland once a day for a week. Yeah, so he's stealing water from my gym. His kid's got to go to Wonderland. Like, it was just a kind of a disaster <laughs> situation. So I just, I had to, it was like, man, gotta you know go. what? Take, take the dog and pony show and get out of here. Like, just, it can't, this can't happen. And give me my damn so, water back. Yeah, there's never been anything, like, crazy that's happened where I've had to kick somebody out for being an idiot. I mean, guys, guys have been pretty good. Usually I got to kick people out for for attendance and for effort that's that's usually what it comes down so to. i i thought I, I was like all right he kicked him out something happened i was like the kid went to wonderland like you just talked about like live your life and all that and then you just throw the kicker in there that the guy's stealing water and the the kid's stealing water. all right we'll yeah. take a hike calls me friday morning tells me his kid's not gonna be there the rest of the week next week brings his kid into train on the friday 
kid's got his hand in his pocket, just kicking rocks the whole time as he usually did. I'm, I'm peaking. Like I'm getting to the point where I'm ready to just tell this kid, get the fuck out of the gym. And, and the dad's stealing water all the while. Like what's going on here? <laughs> so People I do have a so weird. Man. I do have a story though, that will knock you guys off your chairs. Two years ago, I had a kid. Okay. Younger guy who, um, I got a lot of younger guys that come in that don't really know the effort and, and, and the, um, um, you know, the consistency that, that it takes to, to, to do what we do on a daily basis. Right. Um, I feel that. I feel it's that. a big, it's a big commitment. So a part of this program for the younger guys is, is just that commitment level. Like, Hey, this is what we're about. This is what we do here. So, um, nice hot summer day. So we have uh, Friday was something we call hell days. Um, we go to the field or we go to the, to the uh the sand pit or whatever it is and we'll have a hard day i don't do this every week but some weeks i'll throw a monkey wrench in the equation and we'll go and have a really 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 hard day so kid calls me and goes um i'm not gonna be at training i have a family commitment no problem so we go to um the beach to uh to train i'm so nervous for what the outcome is we go to the beach to train (laughs) okay these guys know that they're in for one. All right. I got, I got everything out. I got hurdles. I got med balls. Like we're going to, we're about to have a really hard workout. I see this kid there. I go, Oh, perfect, man. You made it. He goes, no, no, I'm not here to train. I'm having a family uh, picnic. Guys, he sat on the beach with his family. Okay. Eating barbecue and watching the guys that he's been training with all summer die and this guy's sitting on a towel eating fucking oh hot dogs God. or whatever and, the, and I was if like, you're and you're the guys oh. training there you're just like this is crazy like we're all in this together i know i know it listen it doesn't sound like much Dude. but it's a lot you got to put yourself in that mind frame of the of the athletes that are like it, but it, it just shows who wants it and who doesn't want it you know and oh my um, god the calls i got on that one i got a call from one of the guys who's been with me for years and years and they're like a little brother to me calls me he goes Josh, I love you, but if that kid's back next year, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I was like, no, no, don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was that. Ian, um, why don't you jump into the pandemic? Yeah, I think with with everything that's gone on the past four months, um, it's it's really interesting to see how businesses are adapting and finding ways to still help their clientele, whatever the business is. So, yeah. I'm curious to know how you, particularly in this business, how how did you manage COVID? And obviously, you know, the difficulties you'd be facing are being able to be with someone in person. So were you able to maneuver that? So I offered um, Zoom training to to the athletes. There was always a really good attendance. Um, And... It was one of those things, guys, where I actually, you know, I was I was pretty depressed at, at the beginning because everything's on hold. I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to make money? Um, how am I going to pay for things? You know, I got an 18-month um, baby at home. So it's stress. But then I, I, I kind of flipped it and I said, this is a chance to, to kind of reassess, you know, where I'm at, add value to my program and strengthen it because everybody's got to adapt here. I'm going to do the same thing and I'm going to find a way to, to see who's who. 
And by that, what I mean is I offered um, services complimentary to my athletes and there wasn't, there, it, there wasn't a way out. It's like, listen, guys, I'm in this with you. This is what we're going to do. And I wanted to see who's who. Who really wants it? Who's going to be on every Zoom call? Who's going to go the extra mile and get creative and, and maybe find a hill or, you know, find a way to, to, to get creative at home and, and do the training? Um, and, you know, it, 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 helped, it helped me learn about my program it helped me learn about the relationship that I have with my athletes. And I'll be completely honest. A couple of the guys that I expected to do more or to, um, to put in that extra effort and that didn't, we had a conversation about it. And I said, right. guys, you know, like. Leader, you, you expected some leadership here. Yeah, you, you've used this opportunity to be lazy. when you were the guy that I expected to use this opportunity to, to adapt and, and get to, to figure it out and to get better. Because at the end of the day, we got to be getting better. Um, I'm sure you had athletes that surprised you as well, Josh. Big time. I had athletes that surprised me big time. I had guys that were calling me asking if they could do extra sessions um, to send them workouts at home um, above and beyond what I already sent them. Um, so everything that I do, um, I, I use a lot of software. So I was sending, um, numerous workouts uh through through an application guys could log in at any time do the workouts i had a schedule for everybody i had two zoom calls a week uh we had a meeting um once every other week just so everybody could get together and we could talk about whatever and um you know it was it was really nice it it actually kept us together it kept us bonded um for for the most part um and there was guys that did shock me they they really went the extra mile and you know, it, it's just so evident in, in, in the way that they play and who they're going to become in the next few years. I, I was, it made me proud. I was really proud of them. Not to say that everybody did a good job managing because everybody's right, right. going to manage yeah. the situation in, in their own way, right? It yeah. is. It's stressful. It's, it's, it's depressing. Like, the anxiety is real. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, especially as an athlete, you know, there, there's, there's a, a point where you have to adapt you know you can't use well i don't have any resources i'm going to sit on my couch for the next four months you know the guys that you're playing against they're finding an angle they're doing yep. something different that that is going to put them ahead of everybody else so if you're not one of those guys you're going to fall behind well so and that's athletes athletes aside athletes aside yeah do you did you find during and obviously you're in the fitness community did you yeah. find more people during covid took this opportunity to um, better their fitness, their overall fitness. Uh, I mean, because my personal experience that I've never seen so many people out running. I've never yeah. seen so many people out jogging. You know, I've never seen so many people working on, you know, whatever their fitness goals are and, you know, throwing it on the gram or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know if you found the same, I, obviously, I, I mean, the athletes aside, Right. Yeah. You find overall um, that more people are making a better commitment to their bodies. Yeah. Like I've talked, I talked to a lot of people who, um, who made fitness a priority because they were never able to prioritize it before. There was With, always an excuse. Right. Yes. Right. I'm tired. I got work all day. Um, my family. Now you got a few extra hours on your hands. 
really you could you could break out a half an hour workout you know it's it's not it's not something that that would be unmanageable and right. i i found a lot of people did um i know i did i mean for sure yeah I, no I, question that's the thing that got me through the pandemic to be honest i um i was really dark at the beginning for for two weeks i my my work what i do is i, I feel like is my life's purpose like i love being in my gym when I could no longer do that. I felt lost. Right. And the one thing that got me over that was um, just just finding ways to keep busy and to stay active. I started running uh, five to ten k a day. Um, I worked the best out thing for your anxiety, man. Day. Just yeah, to like go twice a day. Yeah, like for sure. I'm not a runner. I would have never ran that amount before. Um, I have nothing against running. I just you know, I'd never really connected to running like that before this pandemic. And now I like it a lot and I, and I do a lot of it. Um, so that was nice. And I know a lot of other people I think found, um, a connection to, to, you know, to mind, to body. I, I heard people were meditating, um, doing yoga, just yeah. stuff they'd probably never do before. Um, they were mixing and reading. Um, like, I think it's a good thing on the street and seeing these people that, you know, um, that where this is new, you know, you can tell it's new. Maybe they're, um, you know, maybe they got new gear on or whatever you can tell, right. You can tell. And I love when I'm, you know, if I'm driving outside, provided everyone's being safe, obviously I love when I drive by and there's people running and all that other stuff, because it means like, you know what, like you're, you're getting outside your comfort zone and rather than, rather than, you know, allow this to swallow you whole, you're taking it to it. And I think that's the big time. You mentioned a few a few minutes ago here that you know you're not just the the, the strength and conditioning pure strength and academy isn't just like here's weights let's do some stuff right like there's yeah. an all encompassing thing I I want to talk quickly because I'm gonna at the end of the pod I'm gonna give you a couple minutes just to go through go through where people can find you where you're gonna be located okay. and all, that, all that good stuff so but yep. I want to talk about the collaboration that you have with your fiance wife are you married to Dallas yet we're common law <laughs> there there you go so your wife yeah. um you have a collaborator does she handle all the nutrition for your athletes she does okay and how, yeah. how has that how's that been working with a with someone so close to you like you know she's I, incredible for whatever it's worth you know i've been yeah. we do a podcast twice a week and i can tell you that i want to kill him at least three times a week for his <laughs> the cadence of his answers and obviously you know we fight about regular stuff so it's going to pour into stuff like this but do you find that you guys have been able to to be good with that kind of stuff? Is there is there well, there's challenges, but how have you guys managed that? Um, yeah. So, first of all, Dallas has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's a with, good start, with, Josh. Especially without she her, it's a good start. Yeah. With you know, without us us being family, she's a fantastic nutritionist regardless um, of, of our relationship. Um, mm-hmm. She's a fantastic nu- nutritionist and, and she has the trust of every single one of my athletes, which is all I can ask for mm-hmm. in any nutritionist or in any staff. Um, so it's been, it's been good for us. There was a couple of challenges. I'm a micromanager and I found that out because I, <laughs> me too, man. <laughs> I, oh man. He's oh, you know, I found myself hiring guys and then staying around the gym all day. And they were like, well, like, why did you hire me? And then I asked myself the same question. Right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You why did let I go. hire you? Yep. Because I want to be here. Right. So um, there's times where I'll, I'll be over Dallas's shoulder and, um, 
you know, she's she's pretty good at managing me. She'll just give me that look like, Yeah, hey, she doesn't strike me as the kind of person that's going to put up with a lot of shit. Like, take a hike, Josh. No. I got this. Pretty much, yeah. That's a, that's actually a very nice way to put it. But, um, yeah, she'll, she'll, <laughs> you know, she'll let me know, like, hey, I got this. This is my bag of tricks. Um, I know what these guys need. And, you know, the more trust that I developed in her, and um, because I did, I had to develop trust in her. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, it's kind of like, this is my baby. I want to make sure that, you know, everybody's putting the same amount of love and devotion, but Dallas doesn't need that push. Like I don't have to worry. She does such a good job. She goes above and beyond for all the guys has such a good relationship with, with um, every single one of them. Like she'll do things that I don't even know that she's doing. Like if somebody's having a stomach issue, she'll dive deeper and, you know, come up with, uh, with a solution or, you know, if somebody's not sleeping properly, um, she goes above and beyond. It's not, it's not generic. So she's been absolutely fantastic. And I'm lucky. Like, I'm lucky that, you know, um, she's, she's my wife and that we have a, a beautiful child together. And I get to collaborate with her on, on something that I'm very passionate about and right. that she is as well. So it's, it's awesome. So do you follow along with her nutrition plan uh, you know, along with the athletes? Like, obviously, you would have a different one than maybe some of the athletes based on whatever your, you know, needs and whatever, yeah. you know, however your diet works. Um, yeah, so a couple you follow of cheat days here well? and there. Okay, so, I, yeah. so that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> what is she taking out of your home diet or your, you know, nutrition plan that you wish that you could bring back? Um. We're you, pretty good at home. I mean, what do you miss, Josh? You got to miss something. <laughs> what do I miss? Yeah, what do you miss food-wise that you may have uh, kiboshed? We don't keep a lot of ice cream in the house. I'm a big ice cream guy. <laughs> like, that's just that's just me though. Like, I if I if I got a gallon of ice cream in front of me, I'm gonna eat the gallon of ice cream. Come um, on, love oh, that. It's uh, hey, like cannot guys, relate. Cannot relate. Everyone's got to have something though. You got to have something. I am, and, and don't ever get it twisted because in this industry, there's a lot of, in my industry, there's a lot of people that will tell you, oh, I don't eat this. I don't eat that. There's a lot of stuff that I don't eat, but I will if it's in front of me. So I try to make it as right. far away from me as possible. I love Smart. junk food, McDonald's, Harvey's, chips, cookies. Can't ice keep cream. chips in the house around here, man. It's a, it's I'll a eat, tough go. I'll eat it all, man. I'll eat it all. But we don't keep it in the house. I don't eat it. So yeah, we, especially over COVID, um, we did a lot of cooking together. So both of Dallas and I love to cook. So we've her always, rec- her recipes are killer. Jeez. Like killer. she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. They're knocks it out of the park. So we do a lot of meals. Uh, we cook a lot. We, we, we stay healthy. Um, and I don't, I don't worry so much about what I'm missing because Dallas makes all these like really healthy desserts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, gotten yeah. creative. The avocado brownies <laughs> are next level. Yeah, man. Like she'll she'll come in with something that knocks my doors off, and I'm like, make make double of that, whatever that was, <laughs> do that more. <laughs> so, so Josh, um, I really want to get to the the current landscape of sports because, uh, yeah. but but I want I don't want to skip there quite yet. There's a few things okay. we want to touch on quickly and that that deal with training. But before we get to some potential horror stories or you know how the industry has changed over the past ten years, were you always into sports or were you a fitness guy? I think you answered it earlier, but I want to clarify: were you a sports guy or a fitness guy? Yeah, uh, 
sports guy, uh, like first and then, but fitness guys, I got older. The gym was always something that, um, was, was just a part of me. So, um, I played hockey growing up. Um, I played soccer as well until I was about 11 or 12. Um, I swam in high school as well as played hockey. Um, I played hockey up until I was 21 or 22 years old. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, all the while the fitness aspect, um, was super important to me, even when, when it didn't seem like it was trending or it was a, a big deal. It was something that I always really enjoyed and looked forward to, um, with, within that, like ath- athlete sports realm. Yeah. And so, so you obviously got into the training. You, you, you mentioned that story earlier on, but did yeah. you have like a coming to Jesus moment where you went, Oh shit, like I can do this for a living. Like this, this is my thing. When did that, when did that moment, if it did, maybe it hasn't yet. I'm sure it has. When did that yeah. moment happen for you? So, um, that moment happened when I was sitting at my desk. Um, and I mean, I had a great job, but, but my mind was always, and this, this happened for about a month. My, my mind would always go back to, you know, strategy, um, programming, um, exercises, um, you know, a, a book that I, that I read on, on, on training or, you know, on physiology. Um, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm getting more and more and more of these feelings. And, uh, I picked up the phone and I called my mom and I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to quit my job. You know, and my mom said, well, what, what are you going to do? I said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to become a trainer. I'm going to get in the gym. I'm already kind of doing it. Right. I just haven't fully bought into, to, to it yet. And you, you have know, to. I, I'd been, you have I had to. been doing it the whole time, but it wasn't my title. Right. Um, if you're going to go, it's both feet always. Yep. Right. And I, and I'm very much like that. So that was kind of my aha moment. I was sitting there. I'm not focusing on the work I have in front of me, but I'm focusing more on what I was going to do later that night. And, um, I think the next day I went in there and I told my boss, uh, you know, you guys, I love you guys. You treat, you've treated me amazing, but, um, I, I, I can't, I can't stay. It's not, it's not fair to you. It's not fair to me. And from that point forward, I, um, I took a leap of faith and there's something I do want to me- uh, mention. And I want to get this out to people because it is really, really, really important in this industry, especially and in any industry. The first year I did this, I made $6,000. Right. I grossed $6,000. Dallas, my girlfriend at the time, looked at me kind of like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. My mom was like, you know, you threw it all away. My friends think I'm crazy, right? I didn't care about the money. I was really having a good time and I was really passionate about what I was doing. And I said, I remember telling Dallas, it's going to all work out because I'm going to put everything into this and I know that, you know, the, the, um, the return that I get is the people that I'm working with, um, being happy with the training, wanting to come back, enjoying what I'm doing. Right. It was just a quality. I came at it from a quality standpoint. It was never about how much money am I making? It was, what do I have to give first? And then what, what do I deserve in return? 
right? A lot of people go at it the opposite, right? It's, it's what am I going to make? Right. Mm-hmm. But what have you done? That's what I, that's, and that's what I ask a lot of people. What, what have you done? What have you offered? Um, and you were happy, Josh. That's, and I was happy. That's no, a big one. one. And, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are really happy that you, that you made that transition. I'll yeah. So I, I, I just want to get it out there. That's super important. And people need to, um, need to understand that if you're passionate about something, don't, don't worry about the financial stuff. It will come offer, offer your love and your, and your passion and your quality to people really be the quality guy or girl and the money will come down the road and you'll, you'll be really happy with the, with, with, with the product. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things too. If you go in, if you're all in and it yeah. doesn't work, you can always live with that. What I, yeah. what I can never live with, what I can never live with is that if you put everything into something um, or, or, or you half-assed it and yeah. you expected, you know, full results and you didn't get them. Well, you know, and it, that's just not how this works. If you go all in and it doesn't work out, you can always live with it. Yeah. And you can't fool, fool people. No. Like in my world right now. Oh, you can um, always tell when people are phony, particularly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't fool people. It doesn't work. Right. And I have, I have people, and this is the other thing too, to me, it, it's not important whether you play in the NHL or whether you play, you know, double a hockey and, and you want to make triple a hockey. Um, when you put trust into my service, I work for you, right? I don't hold anybody to a higher or lower standard. If, if you've put your trust in my hands and you believe in me to help you do something, I need to deliver, right? And, I, and, and that's, that's my approach on my business. Um, well, and, and you mentioned the phony thing. Yeah. And, and how that just doesn't translate. And, you know, in, in any business, what you see is you see that there are people that are always trying to revolutionize said business. It happens all, everywhere all the time. Yeah. And I think what we've seen, particularly with, you know, um, with hockey parents and, and, you know, frankly, any athlete parent investing yeah. in, you know, lessons and private lessons and trainers and all this other stuff. And, if you get in with the wrong trainer that's maybe trying to revolutionize the field with some new, some new age, you know, sort of program, you yeah. know, you see a lot of messed up stuff that young kids are doing and it's not actually helping them. It's hurting them. Do you have any examples of that where you've seen trainers and you don't have to name names. You don't have to put anyone on yeah. blast here, but have you seen any techniques or any training programs from trainers that, really rubbed you the wrong way or really, you know, sort of got your back up. Yeah. The, the industry is riddled with it. For sure. Um, less is more, less is more. Um, we are not, you know, the, the guys that I deal with, at least we're not world-class uh, gymnasts or acrobats. Um, we're not world-class power lifters. To me, it's risk reward. So I do things that are really just going to translate. Right. We don't have a lot of time. So I need to do things that are going to translate to the ice or on the field or wherever it may be. I see it all the time. Um, it's, it's a lot of, it's just a lot of phony stand on one leg and juggle this. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's not important, right? I don't want to name any exercises or name any, right, right. I don't want to put anybody on blast. No, no, I agree. I agree. 
but I see a lot of it. And, um, I think what that comes from is an, an entertainment value for their client. Um, doing something different and unique people think is better. And they think like, Oh, we can sell that idea of like, this has never been done before. So it must be this new thing that's going to change my life. It may look really cool, but I always break things down from, um, a, a, a sports mechanical point of view. Is it helping or is it hurting? Is it important or, or can we do without it? Right. And I try to do a good job explaining to my athletes what we do with our time is um, what I believe will translate the most efficiently. It, it might not be fancy. It might not be, you know, the most fun all the time, but it's going to be stuff that will get you better. So right? quick, quickly, because, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, go, go ahead. So no, I was just going to say quickly before we transition into the, into the, the return to play and get yeah. your thoughts on that. You know, you mentioned less is more. Is there anything over mm-hmm. your 10 years of doing this that you've seen is the biggest improvement in this industry for either for yourself personally or for the industry as a whole? Is it simply just the technology at your disposal? Motivated people? Yeah, or and potentially some, yeah. some advancements in equipment, even though, just trust me, I've seen a lot of world-class uh, trainers who still have equipment from like 30 years ago. Because um, it works. Right. <laughs> so so for you, is, is there anything that jumps out to you? that 20 is, pounds Twenty pounds 30 years ago was still 20 pounds, <laughs> baby. Absolutely, you're right. <laughs> anything jump um, out? Yeah, they, there's a lot of cool tech now. Um, that's cool. If, if you don't know how to use it properly, it could become a big waste of time. And this is kind of what we were just talking about, right? There's a lot of stuff that looks really shiny, but may not translate. Um, there's a lot of cool technology out right now that's, um, if, if, no, if you know how to use it right, um, can really give you good feedback. Um, social media has become a great outlet. I know a lot of trainers, you know, they, they say stay away from the yep, social media, don't right. watch YouTube, don't watch. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about out there. But there, are, there actually is a lot of people that do know what they're talking about who have been around for a long time and who are, are now more willingly to share you know, their, their years of experience for free on a YouTube channel or even on an Instagram channel right. if you know who you're looking for. And, and I mean, I think that's absolutely fantastic because we didn't have that. We had to go find a book right? Um, that, that you may have not known existed to really get some breakthroughs in, 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 um, in training. No whereas now, yeah, whereas now you got guys coming on social media who have been in this industry for 30, 40 years, giving you the tricks of the trade, you know, or on a podcast. Um, and nice. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Love that plug. Well, so what last, <laughs> last one before Sean jumps to return to play, which is his favorite three words in, in the English dictionary. The only thing we have, man. It's so, all- so I have one, one question. Sean's just itching, man. He's itching. itching. For He's so sports. excited. He's so excited. So what is the one thing? So you're, the athletes are in the gym and you're yeah. like, Hey, everyone, we're going to do this now. And they're like, you're a dick. I don't want to do this. What is the one thing that you can think of where you're like, I know when I say these words, everyone in this gym is going to hate me. I say mine first, skater squats. Hate skater squats. Yeah. Um, so like uh, rear elevated uh, um, split squats or like Bulgarian split squats where, you're, where your back legs elevated on a bench. Guys just 
don't like that exercise for some reason because it just burns the leg so good. Hate it. Um, hills. When I say hills, guys uh, <laughs> run for the hills. Uh, what else is there? Those two are pretty big ones. I mean, those are like um, when we get on. I had to Google what this, that split squat was. Yeah, that sucks. Aerodyne bike, rowing machine. Um, just anything that's going to hit the lungs hard. Guys are like, oh, my God. Like, they know they're in for one. Um, so basically search, anything so, other than bench press and curls. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, Ian, search the Wingate test. Anybody who's listening to this, because a few of my guys will listen to this. Um, when, when, when we do our testing and we do the Wingate test, guys know that they're in for a, a, a just an uphill battle. What the Wingate test is, um, is... That's what they do at like the NHL Combine and all the yes. guys are like puking, right? Yeah. So... It's a percentage of your weight um, on on the bike, and then you go to full exertion for thirty seconds, and by the end of those thirty seconds, you're you're gassed, like completely, utterly gassed. Guys are like getting off the bike, seeing stars. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they know when they got to do a wing gate test. They're they're yeah, they're not happy, but so no I, no wind gates for Sean. fun to watch <laughs> so my favorite oh, three Sean, words, we're, we're, we're getting you on a bike buddy my oh i, I like the bike I, bikes not, hey, not Ian, should we put should we put sean through a wing gate test yes and put it on instagram we absolutely should what if okay, i told well, you i've already done it what up. if i what if i told you i've already done it before you have well, i have and i did have and, I, and I did it. throw up i did throw up <laughs> I did throw up. I I did it. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, let's let's move on to my three favorite words. Return to play because not only did we have you on here to talk to you about your story, which is incredible, and and all the and what you have going on with your current business. Yeah. But we wanted to get your insight into what's been going on during the pandemic for the professional athletes because obviously, as you know, August first is coming, and NHL is coming back, or yeah. it's, it looks like it's going to schedule to come back. Yeah. Schedule to come back. So unlike ba- basketball, football, baseball to a lesser degree, but unlike those sports, yeah. what you do primarily in hockey, these guys did not have readily, ready access to. Short of right. you, like Steve Stamkos potentially with a massive deal and, uh, and a rink in your backyard, like you're not, you didn't have the ability to continue to just, just continue to skate. Forget about get better at it. Just continue to yeah. skate. So, what would you have recommended for your athletes and potentially what did you recommend for your athletes that couldn't be on the ice to keep them in, in ready shape? Was it, again, I'm just, would it, I, I, I don't think, you know, getting out there and rollerblading is the answer, but you know, what was the, what, what would you have had them doing? So, um, and anybody who's listening to this, bust out an notepad because, uh, this, this is something that, um, you can do at any given time. Um, and it just requires body weight. So a lot of unilateral exercises. So that means stuff that you're on one side of your body. So you're performing things on one leg, single leg squats, um, you know, single leg, uh, uh, jumps, split squats, um, just, just, uh, side planks. It, it, what, what it'll do is it, it actually translates to, um, to, to play a lot better. So let's say you can't do a single leg squat to the ground. So one of the challenges I gave my athletes was to perform, um, five single leg squats with no assistance to perform a single leg squat. You, you must require the mobility and flexibility. 
the strength to do that. Right. So we're hitting so many areas. Um, I think at home, it doesn't have to be sexy. You don't need equipment. I mean, maybe you just working on ankle mobility or on hip mobility, right. To get you a little bit more mobile is something that will put you years ahead because it's something that you probably not addressed or not worked on before. So a lot of single leg stuff, sprinting is incredible. I mean, look at a sprinter's physique. They, they're, they're hybrid athletes. They look like bodybuilders and these guys, you know, move like cheetahs. Sprinting is absolutely fantastic. Hill training is fantastic. Nutrition is huge. Um, you know, a lot of people ignore that or, or they, they, they miss how important, you know, uh, um, a well-balanced diet is to, to performance or to staying in shape or maintaining. I mean, during the, during COVID, it was all about this maintenance, right? Like Mm -hmm. not losing strength, um, you know, staying active. So, you know, doing simple things that may be, may get boring. Um, here's the, I'll give you an example. Here's a workout that I did. I did five minutes straight. uh, I did five straight minutes of push-ups. I did five straight minutes of jump squats. I did five straight minutes of planking. And then I went outside and I did. And laid down. Yeah. And I I, I sprinted (laughs) for five minutes. So wind sprints. Now, can I bang out push-ups for five straight minutes? No, I rested. But at the end of that five minutes, I was up in the hundreds. At the end of that five minutes, I was up in the hundreds on the jump squat, right? My core got stronger. My legs got stronger. My upper body got stronger. Um, and I, I mean, it's a small example, but right. no, you, no. Can get, you can get better keeping it simple like that. It's not sexy. I didn't have bars and bands and all this stuff I just, just because I, I didn't, right? I had access to them, but that's the workout I decided to do that day, and it worked. And I felt good. I got a good sweat in. Um, my body benefited from it and it's back to my, my point on keeping it simple. It doesn't have to be crazy or creative. You can, you can be very effective sticking to simple body mechanics, lunges, push ups or press squats and, you know, uh, planks and, and core stability. What and about then, just walking the dog? Does that work? Am I going to be walking okay with the that? dog, man? Getting that heart rate up, getting that heart rate up. <laughs> walking the dog. What? So, with with the return to play and everything that's coming, what do you yeah. see as the biggest challenge for athletes as they come back? Because not everyone is like LeBron, right? So LeBron spends million dollars a year on his body, has an insane gym in his house. Like he probably didn't skip a beat. You know, Kevin Garnett back in the day used to talk about the thing he struggled with the most during the season was keeping weight on. So with, you know, you see a lot of guys coming back now. James Harden looks shredded. You know, like you're seeing guys coming back. But what do you see as the biggest challenge for them as they ramp up to basically it's playoff time. It's ready to go. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think the biggest challenge is going to be keeping women out of the hotel. (laughs) <laughs> honestly <laughs> it's gonna be tricky honest <laughs> like what do we have coming up we got a bunch of nhl athletes that are gonna be staying in the downtown toronto core mm-hmm. we have a bunch of girls that know where they're gonna be staying and i mean 
these guys are, you know, they're, they're, they're young, but no, all joking aside. I mean, um, that'll be, that actually will be dicey though. It's going to be tough. It it, it will be. I mean, like, let's, let's call a spade a spade here, guys. Like, you know, great city. Right. And then, I mean, the other guys are in Edmonton. They shouldn't have a problem, but, uh, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think, I think the, the hardest thing is uh, going to be the mental game. It's not going to be the physical one. These guys are going to have everything that, that they need as far as the phys- physical game goes, um, as long as they can stay healthy. Um, COVID-19 is obviously the biggest challenge and not getting mm-hmm. it. Um, but mentally, right? Like, Sean, we got young kids. Yep. So now you, you have to stay in a hotel and you can't see your wife. You can't see your kids. You're going to be around your teammates and you got to play games. I, could, I couldn't imagine that would be very easy for, for some of these guys. And then if you get it, you're quarantined for however long, however long, and and then you're even yeah. more isolated. Yeah, you're asking people to, you know. So so I think the mental struggle is going to be, um, is going to be real. I mean, you know, you're you're taking guys out of their out of their element or what what might get them through their season, right? Um, yeah, and, that's a good point. Yeah, putting them in a situation that now and the mental aspect of performance is just if not more important than the physical aspect of performance, because everything starts in the mind and works its way out. If you don't have um, a healthy mindset um, throughout a season or through an off season or whatever it is you're going to be doing, you're, you're not going to be as effective as, as, as you should be or, or can be. So I think the biggest challenge here is, um, is going to be guys just staying motivated, staying happy, staying healthy, um, and, and I mean, I, I, I do, I feel, I feel for guys on a, on a mental standpoint. I know some of my athletes who aren't able to attend NHL camps, um, are bummed out and they're uncertain about their future and it's scary for them. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I feel for them. And no matter how hard we train, no matter what I tell them, that uncertainty always hangs over their head because it's, it's something that's completely out of their control and, um, overagers and junior. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it, that is, and I have a couple and it's tough. And, you know, one of them is a, is a absolutely phenomenal player in the OHL. He's a captain of a team and, um, he's got a real shot. He's fantastic. He's a, you know, he's a beast, very hard worker. Um, and he's got a real shot at, 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 at being a professional and, you know, these are uncertain times that we're in and it, I couldn't imagine it being very easy for a guy like that. Who's going into his overage year. I got guys going into the NCAA yeah, in their peak development years too. Yeah, that, exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's another year. I have a guy who's played pro for a few years. Who's thinking about retirement, you know, he's in his yeah. head. Hey, like if I'm not going back this season, it might be the time for me to just retire. Cause I, you know, I, I'm at, he's at the age now. Am I gonna am I gonna sit out a year and then come back the next year? Probably not, right? So, um, can I you think- can you replicate the physical component, the the bumps and bruises, the the banging in the corners? Can you replicate that, or is that just something that's gonna come after a couple of games? Yeah, it's something that comes in the game. I I, I really believe that in any sport, right? You gotta yeah, you, that 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 comes with the game. Which game makes shape sports, is always a different animal. It is, and which makes sports so special because. Anybody who's played sports knows you cannot replicate the feeling of being in that, in that game, in that mental state, 
and, you know, going into a corner and, and making a big hit or taking a big hit or, you know, throwing down a massive dunk or, you know, receiving a ball 30 or 40 years down the, or 30 or 40 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. You can't, there's nothing in the world that replicates that feeling. So in, you, in my opinion, you're not doing two by four to the thigh training in, uh, at pure strength Academy. <laughs> no, <laughs> is, is there, is there an athlete that you look at and you're sort of in awe of their, and this isn't like an aesthetics thing where you look at them yeah. and you're like, wow, like look at how ripped that person is. But is there an athlete that you look at and you're like, wow, that person is in such amazing shape. I'd love to know what their training, training regimen is. Is there an athlete that comes to mind? The one guy who really, to me, was, I mean, there's a lot of them, but a freak of nature was uh, George St. Pierre. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's That's a good one. It's I would have never uh, thought that. I no. know you wouldn't have. You're, you're probably thinking I was going to mention a hockey player or a football player or something, but um, George St. Pierre is a freak. I mean, the guy's physique is, is just out of this world. Um, he's so calculated in the ring. Um, you know, it just, he, he always seems like he's 10 steps ahead of his training, of his mental game, of the way he fights. I, I, I just, it's, I'm astonished by, by, by that guy's, um, by his level of compete and his level of performance. I GSP is amazing. I, I did not expect that. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> uh, Sidney Crosby's lower unit or something like that. Yeah. Like Sidney. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Like he's. Fuck Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby. I mean, well, you know, <laughs> they can't take anything away from him. But if we're talking like like specimens, George yeah, no, you're right. is yeah, is, is a guy who I'm just like, God damn, like, you know, you can't take anything away from that guy. Were and then a, were you a Toronto sports fanatic growing up? Yeah. Yeah, growing up I, I absolutely was. So like talk to me a little bit about that. So um Growing up, I remember going to Maple Leafs Gardens with my uh, grandfather and, um, you know, watching the Leafs play or going to a Raptors game, going to a Jays game. We went to a lot of sporting events because, um, first of all, it was cheap, right? Like, it didn't really cost much to go down to a game and sit in the nosebleeds. what happens when the teams were balls. (laughs) Yeah, Jays and Raptors especially. The Leafs, uh, Maple Leaf Garden, (laughs) you can get a good seat. But, yeah, no, keep going. So you were were a Toronto (laughs) sports fan. Huge, huge Toronto sports fan. Yeah. I mean, that era of like, you know, the Doug Gilmores, Wendell Clarks, Matt Sundin, uh, Bearsin, Berard, Yarmie Yager. Yeah, like, yeah, there's some guys that are just like, I, I just watch them. I remember watching Bears and, and it's a guy that, you know, not many people even remember that guy's name. Maybe they do. He just but, sort of glided. Yeah. He just sort of glided. So never, he yeah. never took a stride, it felt like. I remember watching Ray Bork. Mm. and and just thinking like i want right. to i want to play like ray bork like he was just so smooth out there man just smooth operator on the ice and um and gritty like wendell clark he'll he'll pop a hat trick and then fight you like yeah. guys like that don't really exist anymore so you <laughs> obviously growing up being a toronto sports fan had yeah. a fair share of heartbreak and a few pods back sean and i outlined some <laughs> of our biggest heartbreak as fans um he picked some, you know, a bunch of sort of uh, random hockey moments. I was very Raptors heavy. Um, yeah. what, if, when you look back, when you look back at your sports viewing career, okay, which yeah. one, which moment jumps out as like, that one really hurt. And honestly, I don't even want to talk about it. 
Holy geez. See, as a Toronto fan, you kind of just tend to just roll with the punches and, and uh, there's so and many to choose from. Do a lot of forgetting. So I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of, of one specific Leafs 4 1 time. Yeah. Like Leafs versus Bruins, what was that like four years ago or so? Like when, every when they year. finally, yeah, when they like finally made the playoffs, and then like we're in a game. What was it? A game seven? Game seven. I think it was twenty. I, 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 we did a whole pod on it. I think it was twenty. And I was sitting at Real 11. Sports Bar. I was sitting at Real Sports Bar, just waiting for that Leaf, for the Leafs to, to to win, and they didn't. And that was no, just twenty twelve. Like, yeah. I was like, come on, guys. Like <laughs> that, that was we got a lot of feedback on Instagram and that I was felt the whole bar just deflate. Yeah. <laughs> like well, it was yeah, up that, here, everybody was going nuts, and then it was just like, we're going home. This is that, that was mine. Um and I can't I can't believe I don't remember like this is we're on a sports podcast and now I can't remember the year. It was twenty it was twenty thirteen. So was it twenty thirteen? Yeah, I'm an idiot. Because Boston <laughs> went to the finals against the Blackhawks and shit the bed. Yeah. 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 So, That's right. so yeah, that was I threw out uh, the Jays' loss to the Royals. Um, there was oh my god, yeah, there was, was probably the over the fence. <laughs> there was probably you know you mentioned Doug Gilmore. Well, Doug Gilmore getting high stick by Wayno and then losing that series. I you know we were young yeah. obviously, but so I didn't yeah. get to watch that one. But you know we we had some good ones. But I'm I'm glad you've forgotten yours because I haven't forgotten mine. Ian, anything else before we get to quick hitters and then let uh, let Josh sign us off with what, what he's doing right now? So. If someone came to you and offered and offered you, I know you're not a, you know, it's not money related, but offered you something that you really, really wanted. How long would it take you if they offered this to you? How long would it take you to get Sean Stansfield in peak physical condition ready for a, an OHL, CFL, um, NHL, AHL season? How long would it take you to get... Now, Sean is going to be 100% committed. How long would it take you to get him going? Balls to that, I'm going to be 100% committed. <laughs> in, this, in this alternate universe, Sean is... First of all, Sean is a good enough athlete that he can consider playing in the CFL or the OHL or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's committed. How long would it take? Is he already an athlete or is he like... We're just no, throwing man, into you, a, get, you got me. You got 6'6". Six, six, <laughs> 268 I got pounds. You. you got me. Hey, man, that's a lot to work with. You got the size. Like, we could, we could figure something out. You know what? You give me 12. You give me 8 to 12 weeks with Sean, and, and, and we're ready to go. That's pretty amazing. I'm so happy. Weeks. This is hypothetical. Hey, we, need to know, we need to start a YouTube series. You need to start a YouTube series called, called Getting Sean Ready for the Show, and it just needs to be – we need to film it for 12 to 18 weeks with Sean. I, I'm one of the guys who actually, during the pandemic, Found a lot more time for um, for exercise and yep. felt great about it. Uh, the past yeah. you know three to four weeks have not been that as uh, life has kind of gotten in the way and as life mm-hmm. gets in the way, so do excuses. So, uh, but I was actually on that other side. I, I dropped some weight, but um, yeah, yeah. But I would great. definitely be the guy at the beach eating barbecue. So <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let, so let, let's get to oh, quick hitters. Man. Ian, explain to our guests what quick hitters is. All right, so every podcast, whenever we have someone on, we do 10 quick hitters, and the option is to answer as fast as you can or to pass if you're uncomfortable with the question. Oh, man, I'm terrible at these. I'm, this is going to be funny. So, All right. so you, no, you're going to be great. You're going to be great, I believe. Okay. So uh, we'll just rattle them off, and again, it is answer or you say, I'm not comfortable with that, I pass. Okay. okay. Sean, you, you, you get started. All right, first one, what's your favorite cheat meal? 
Pizza. Ooh, good answer. Arm day or leg day? Leg day. Will the Leafs beat What's Columbus? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I know. What's wrong with you? Will the Leafs beat Columbus? <laughs> Pass. Pat, no. Uh, what no, is- no, 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 <laughs> no, they won't. No, no, no. Will you the Leafs beat Columbus? Yeah, in the no. five-game series. No. No. Uh, what is your least favorite pasta, being Italian? If Dallas allows gluten in the house. Uh, fettuccine. Ooh. Okay. Just to confirm, you are Italian, correct, Josh? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. That was that wasn't a question. I just wasn't wanting to make sure that we weren't like shitting on you in some capacity, and you're not yeah. Italian. Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? Tom Brady. Good man. If you could play any sport professionally, what would it be, and why? Um, any sport. Golf. Interesting. That's why? also my answer. Is it? Yep. I feel like you could do it for a super long time. And, uh, and it's, it's, I mean, it, 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 it's golf, you know, you're out, it's a nice day. You hit a few balls. I'm probably giving it way less credit. You are way serves, underselling it. There's so many people in your industry who like make a living being like the golf. Fan. I know, but it is such a hard, it is such a hard sport to play that I feel like, oh, like if I was, if I was like a badass golfer, Yeah. I'm just being like, like dope at golf, but yeah, it's such you're a just, hang. You're just it's such you're a just hang. Like, Guy. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're, you're like, hey, golfer, watch me backspin this to the hole. Watch this. Every single athlete wishes that they were a professional golfer oh, because that's one. low that's key true. facts. Legit, Michael Jordan. What did he do on his spare time? The guy golfed as much as he played basketball and gambled. Right? Every hockey, yeah, and gambled. <laughs> Every hockey guy, they golf. You know, so I, I feel I feel like if you're a really good golfer, like you're you're, you're seeing guy. that in the NBA bubble now. Lots of the guys that never golfed before are taking it up, partly because yeah. they have nothing else to do, but partly because it it's a, it becomes a challenge. And if you're competitive Big like time. that, if you're yeah. competitive like that, that's why when you go out, you shoot 110. I know it's quick hitters. We'll move on to the next one. When you go out and shoot 110, <laughs> you want to go beat you. Want, you play again because you're like no chance. I'm that is the last time I'm going out. I'm going out. I'm being. I'm going to get better the next time. Never yeah, eat yeah. cheese again or never eat bread again? Oh, man. Cheese. Never eat cheese? That's my boy. Never eat cheese, yeah. Yeah, I can live with that all day. Blue Jays or Raptors? Raptors. Not a boy. Never work out again or never watch sports? And let me preface this. You can still coach, teach, mentor fitness, but you personally can never work out again. So never work out again or never watch sports? Never watch sports. Wow, I love it. I love it. Sean, what would your answer be? Yeah, for sure. Never, <laughs> never watch sports. Like you got to keep this body <laughs> condition here. Uh, last one. Last one. Would you come Sean's on this getting podcast? ready for a 12 week training camp? We'll yes. Here. And we're going to film it. Uh, last one. Would you come on this podcast again? Absolutely. All right, Josh. So we know you, I know you had some changes over the past couple of weeks with uh, where you guys are, are training out of. So tell everyone where they can find you. Um, what's uh, you know, obviously, where you're at now and um, and then where they can find you on social media and things like that. Um, so you can, uh, you can find me on Instagram at pure strength Academy um, or you can go to my website, purestrengthacademy.com. It's always kind of under construction, um, but you can find a lot of information there or uh, you know, you can just shoot me a DM, DM. Uh, the gym location. Uh, I'm not going to share. Sure. Because I, I like to keep everything super, super private. But um, if you want to reach out to me, 
Uh, you can reach out to me at josh at purestrengthacademy.com or just shoot me a DM on, on uh, Pure Strength Academy on Instagram. And, and make wanna- sure you hit the link on the website about the nutrition guide. Yes, that's right. I, super low key. <laughs> if, if you want to find the address of Josh's, uh, Josh's facility, it's on uh, our homepage right now. So you'll be able to find it there. Josh, Sweet. this was great, man. Appreciate it. Um, Ian, any last thoughts? No, it was fantastic. We appreciate you taking the time. And I think uh, you're already well on your way to being very successful in this industry. And you're someone that parents um, and people all around that, all around the area should really be trusting in. So we appreciate you taking the time and we wish you all the best moving forward. Be safe. Hey, thanks guys. You know what? It's, it's an honor to be on here and I, I love what you guys are doing. And just keep doing what you're doing. This is entertaining. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love I love being on, and I I hope you'll have me on again one of these days. Absolutely. An honor, an honor. You can come back on anytime and, you want. And anytime. It's an honor, Sean. I'm with the stands. Come on now. Well, that has been <laughs> another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I'm Sean. Thanks everyone for listening. Ian, sign him off. Love you guys. Thank you always for listening. Please stay safe and please, please, please wear a mask. Have a good one, everyone.